to the Gym Podcast. Uncut, unfiltered, unreal. Welcome, folks, to the Gym Podcast. I'm your host, Jimbo. Welcome, everybody. It's your other host, Randy. And we have a pretty good episode today. We're getting closer to the college football playoff. Yeah. I, uh, me and just so me and Jimbo, we don't swap notes necessarily before each episode, but we might share a little bit of what we're going to talk about just to kind of prepare. And Some uh, yeah. he's a he's he he's going to go in on a team. I can tell. Yeah, I got to take. I've got to take lined up for. We'll, we'll see it for the end of the show when we're talking about you know next week's predictions, but. Um, this episode, as usual, we're going to recap some of the games of last week. There were there were a handful of pretty good games, uh, but beyond that, I I think it's I think it's time to talk about the playoffs. What do you say, Randy? It is time to talk about the playoffs, and we have tried our best to avoid just making the entire season about the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But with us getting this close, what three four weeks away yep. from the end of the regular season, it really is about that time to start talking about it, especially given some of the uh, upsets. And near upsets we oh. had this past week. Okay, so there were there were two games last week that I called. I, if you recall, I had a pretty short list of, of games I was previewing. I previewed Wake Forest and Michigan State. And I, I am dang proud I did. as Because as we know, I called Wake Forest losing and Michigan State losing. And sure enough, that happened. Um, did you Were you able to watch both of those games, by the way? Yes, I was able. Well, I didn't watch the Michigan State game, but I did watch the Wake Forest game. Yeah, and, and thoughts? I mean, were you surprised well, by the results? Well, here's the or... thing. I turned off the Wake Forest game uh, sometime in the fourth quarter because I thought it was over. <laughs> so I don't. I didn't actually get to see the comeback. the comeback. But from what it looked like, I mean, I said, Wake Forest typically this year has no defense and plays all offense, and they can score on anybody. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you saw what happened, yeah, apparently. I mean, like I said, I, my, I predicted this would be a shootout. And, I, you know, it was kind of up in the air because I feel like North Carolina had the – you know, they had the utility with Sam Sam Howell to be able to keep up in a shootout like that. And sure enough, they found a way to upset them. Um, you know, Wake's obviously pretty good, but I, I'd say that at this point, after that one loss, they're probably out of playoff contention at this point. They're 100% out. They're probably still going to go to a New York Six, but... yeah. I mean, hey, they should be proud of that as a program. I understand, like, when you get to get this late in the season and you're already, you're still undefeated, mm-hmm. it's very disappointing to be knocked out of the playoff contention. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, just to be realistic with their program expectations, the New York Six is just amazing for their program, for the recruiting. No, I, I agree. For the boosters. And you think about kind of where, where the ACC is right now with Clemson, obviously, you know, kind of being in a downward spiral. You know, now is the time that, you know, another program can kind of step in and be sort of the the head honcho of the ACC. And if I mean, if Wake Forest wins out, wins the ACC, obviously, like say they win a New York Six game, uh, they would be. I mean, that's that's a pretty big deal. That kind of puts them in the driver's seat for the ACC. It seems sort of moving forward. I don't know about that. I mean, they have they have a program building coach with Dave Clawson. They they have they rely on good talented super seniors. Mm-hmm. Um, they know how to build a program the right way. It's hard to determine if anybody in the ACC is going to just dominate the conference moving forward. If you remember, for seven years in a row, we had one of every seven uh, ACC Coastal teams went to the conference championship game. Yeah. So that is the ultimate conference of parity. And I don't really <laughs> see that changing anytime soon. I don't think Wake Forest is going to fall off by any means. Yeah. But I think they will settle into an eight, six, six to nine win team, some, something around that. I just I want to see someone challenge Clemson. Because I think for a long time we assumed it would be Miami or Florida State, but both of those programs are kind of in the trash right now. Um, I, so it seems to me like someone has to step up and, and be a serious threat to Clemson, and I'd be, I'd be okay with being Wake Forest. Well, this year it's everybody. This year it's everybody, but uh, we'll see what <laughs> happens, I suppose. Uh, speaking of challenging, Powers. Michigan State got challenged this weekend. Uh, did, you said, did you watch this one, the Purdue game? Michigan State. I, Purdue? Did, watch, I did watch some of it, yes. Yeah, I mean, just, hey... I swear to God, I'm not trying to humble brag, but I am. Like I predicted, <laughs> Purdue came out early. You know, they scored. So out of this. They had like that 21-7 lead going into half or something like that. And, and listen, like, like Michigan State just couldn't keep up. I mean, they were forced to pass. Um, they, they really couldn't rely on their running game, you know, late late into the game when they were obviously running out of time. And, I, I, again, I'm not too surprised. I, I think Michigan State, like, it didn't match up well to Purdue. Like, Purdue's strength of just airing it out and – you know, putting up points quickly. That's very antithetical to what Michigan State wants to do, which is slow the game down, control it, run the ball, etc. Um, that said, though, again, I, I'm starting to think Michigan State might be out of 
playoff contention ish. I don't know. Do you think if they win out, are they in? Michigan State. I think it's a possibility. One of the themes we wanted to talk about with this episode is discuss mm-hmm. of the remaining teams uh, who really has a realistic shot at playoffs. Mm-hmm. With Michigan State, honestly, I think if they do win out, and that's a huge if, given yeah. what we just saw, yeah. they would be playoff contenders. But you have to remember, you are the one that has been saying this whole time that you don't think they're for real. <laughs> you don't think they're gag. You you were very hesitant on Mel Tucker. It's true, so. and I, I still am, and I do feel somewhat justified. Um, that said, yeah, like, if in the scenario that they do somehow win out and, you know, win the Big Ten, I mean, that would mean they have wins over Ohio State, Ohio State. Michigan, Penn State, fingers crossed, Wisconsin. They'd have a pretty good resume. <laughs> um, like, so I, I, in a sense, I could see them making the playoffs. I just think that scenario is extremely unlikely. I don't think they're being... It's out of their hands. It's 100% out of their hands at this point, but they do need to put up some style points. Mm -hmm. But, however, the thing thing that might help them, if anything, is the fact that basically the entire top six, except Georgia, really struggled this weekend. That's true. I think every every single top six game, top six team had a one-score game. Well, Mm -hmm. there were some two-score games, but it was... They got that... They made it a two-score game at the very last minute. Right. So it wasn't really a two-score game. Yeah. For example, Washington, there was a safety right at the last second. Ohio State had essentially like a last couple-minute field goal to put it right out of reach, but Nebraska yeah. was in it the entire time. Well, let's, Nebraska let's, had chances to win it. Let's keep it in the Big Ten here. I mean, I, I think Ohio State, <clears throat> as usual, more than any other Big Ten team, has the you know the clearest path to the playoffs. Um, their, their loss to Oregon, in retrospect, wasn't actually that bad. Um, and again, if they went out, I mean, that means they've beaten – you know, Michigan State, Penn State, Michigan, hopefully Wisconsin. They'd have a they'd have a really good resume, and I, I think beyond that, I mean, they're blue blood. They've got the clout. The playoff committee would love to have Ohio State on there yet again. Um, and so, I, in my mind, with the Big Ten, I'd say there's like a like a ninety percent chance Ohio State ends up making the Big Ten, and a ten percent chance for either Michigan or Michigan State. I, I I think both of those teams, if they went out, have a shot, but but not really at this point. There's a few nightmare scenarios for Ohio State, with the main one being, what if Alabama beats Georgia? Mm. I mean, at that point, it's it's really out of their hands. I, I think they have a good enough resume in that situation to go ahead and sneak in over yeah. Georgia, yeah. especially with a conference championship win. But it just it just goes to show it really is out of their hands at that at this point to a certain extent. Still got to win your games. I know what you mean, but... To an extent, I disagree, only because I feel like Ohio State, <clears throat> like, they're not getting the same level of, um, shall we say, like, forgiveness as Bama does with their loss. But at the end of the day, they're still Ohio State, and, they're you know, they're, they're one of the most elite teams in the nation. I, I think I think the CFB committee really, really respects them in a way that maybe, like, we may not, <laughs> if that makes any sense. And they're willing no, to give them the nice. benefit of the doubt. And here's the thing, Georgia is not going to really get the benefit of the doubt to the nearly the same extent, especially mm-hmm. if Ohio State wins their conference championship yeah. game. I really think that's what it would come down to, is that they would put some weight into that. I know their criteria randomly changes and is this vague thing we don't really know. Um, <laughs> yes, that's absolutely true. I, I do find it weird that Ohio State, they have not been getting nearly the same benefit of the doubt despite a better loss than Alabama. I yeah. hate using the term. I hate comparing losses. I'm much more a fan of comparing wins yes. versus comparing yeah. losses. Mm-hmm. I can forgive a bad performance as long as the team shows improvement and has other big marquee wins. Yeah. Like to me, it's more important important to show who you can beat versus it versus showing who you are able to not lose to. Yeah. And to be honest, Ohio State doesn't really have any big wins. I don't yet, think they have a single yet. ranked win. Thing thing is though, their like last two games of the season are against Michigan State and Michigan. Followed that by the true. Big Ten Championship. So they'd have a ton of momentum, assuming they went out. They'd have a ton of momentum of just, look, we just beat, like, three really good teams back to back to back. Jimbo, Jimbo, you are very much overlooking this Purdue game. That's next week. Uh, <laughs> this let's, Saturday. Let's be honest here. I don't think, they, they, hey, I don't think Purdue has a shot. Happened. I don't think they have a chance. I think, I think Ohio State very much took note of what what they just did exactly. and are going to be way too way too careful with that. Exactly. And and unlike Michigan State, you know, even if Purdue kind of does come out, you know, and and puts a like a fourteen point lead, twenty one point lead, even on them, uh, Ohio State has the firepower to keep up. 
You know what I mean? Like, if, if it comes down to a that shootout, I, I think Ohio true. State is perfectly capable of competing with Purdue in that regard. So I, I'm really not too worried. I, I could get close at some point, but I, I really think Ohio State probably wins this one fairly comfortably, to be honest. Well, talk about the competition for making it into the playoffs. Um, I did want to briefly talk about the Alabama-LSU game. And Please. It's, it's one of those situations. <laughs> I feel like every single position group on our team has been able to pull it together at some point in the season. They just can't all pull it together during the same game. Mm-hmm. So, like, so for example, early in the season, our defense was crapping the bed, but our receivers and our offense was playing great. Now our offensive line is struggling. Granted, they had our starting center go down in the first drive. Yeah. Our offensive line is really struggling. Our receivers finally stopped dropping balls. And our defense is playing good, and it's just like nothing can all come together at once. But that gives me a little bit of hope. I'm a little frustrated with our play calling. Yeah. Um. So with our with our starting center out, and they're bringing the house in every play, I would very much like to see more screens and outside runs. But instead, um, they kept trying these deep shots, deep passes, these long yeah. setup passing yeah. plays. That's when they kept bringing the house versus an injured, really hurt offensive line. Yeah. And that's just not going to work. And they really they try to force these play these play calls. I did see reports of during the bye week that they were working on the deep ball and that it was looking much improved. So clearly they had to have been seeing something in practice to want to keep forcing it. Yeah. So I still have a lot of faith in this team. I'm seeing improvement on the team from everywhere except the offensive line just really crapped the bed this game. Yeah. I'll, so while as frustrating as that is, I can I can still be a little confident. I'll say this. I think I think Bama needs the deep ball. To compete with Georgia and in the playoffs to an extent. I mean, Bama. We're going to need that threat. Bama absolutely. historically has a good deep ball. I feel like um, you, know, you think back to that Georgia national championship. Where, oh yeah, yeah. Well, you say historically we have a good deep ball. We've never been known for being a passing team until very recently. No, but however, like, Bama's we never. For like here's, these no, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We never had. We didn't have a passing game before, but what little passing game we did have was basically always deep balls. If we threw it, we yeah. were throwing it deep. Yeah, that's fair. Kind of play action. It feels like Bama, more than any other team, like is number one in like explosive plays, like a, a random exactly. 60-yard run, a random 80-yard bomb. Like That's what I mean. And like you, kinda, you do need that to an extent when you're playing in the playoffs, right? You need to be able to strike at any time, basically. So... I, I don't think it's bad that they're practicing it because they do need to get that in, especially you know when you're playing a team like LSU. Like you, it's a good it's a good practice range, I guess you could say. Um, it was funny. Coach O said after the game in his press conference that he thought they outplayed us and that he thought they were the better team that night. Mm. And LSU, no. Let me <laughs> let me just say this: LSU didn't beat us. We beat ourselves, and LSU happened to be there. Hey, I mean, LSU, to be fair, they had almost as many yards as you. Same first downs, more time. They lost the turnover margin. They had, they did have technically less yards, like 20 less yards. Sounds I like mean, that, that's not much. That extra turnover really decided the game, if you ask me. Yeah. That. Yeah, it really did. But, hey, that's what you got to do. Turnover margin wins games more often than not. Okay, so we know, we do know, though, if, if Bama wins out, they're they're making the playoffs. I think everyone, everyone agrees on that, and it is fair, as much as I hate them. Um, Georgia, we kind of said this before. If Georgia does lose to Bama, do you think they're in? How much do you think like like style it's points? Literally, matter? I literally think it's going to come down to style points. Yeah. Um, and Georgia's putting up a lot of style points lately, but it's not stylish style points. <laughs> yeah. It's it's very much they crockpot these games. I call them crockpot wins. It's how we used to win games. So mm-hmm. I, I respect yeah, the process. It is. It is. However, at the end of the day, I'm just still not seeing what I would want to see from a team. That's going to need to make those explosive plays, just like mm-hmm. you said, in playoff post game scenarios. Yeah, I mean, I know Georgia fans. We all know Georgia fans and how they are. They don't want to settle for being good enough to get there and then Oklahoma it every year. Right. Yeah. But that's what they're setting themselves up to be. Their quarterback. Okay, Stetson Bennett last game went thirteen of nineteen, two hundred and fifty yards, two touchdowns. But thirteen of nineteen is not going to get it done. If yeah. nothing else, you really need to be airing it out in these games just to get him some practice. If JT Daniels isn't good to go, yeah. I think he actually did come. He actually did come out, come in for a little bit during the Missouri game. But the fact that they're so careful with him is a little concerning. It is. It's like how season. healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So like, is he just? Are they just not playing him, or is it taking him this long to recover? Either way, he's not getting the reps that he needs to get. Okay, I, I have a take on Georgia's defense that might get me in trouble, but I need to say this, and I need your thoughts on this because you watch a lot of SEC football, okay? Yeah. I get the impression that Georgia's defense is winning 
really off of talent alone. And, and what I mean by that is you look at the recruiting, right? Like, Georgia recruits so well that really only Bama is on their tier. If you look across the board, like, it, seemingly every player on their defensive line is a five-star recruit, right? I'm curious, like, I know the SEC recruits well, but I'm curious, when they're playing teams like like Missouri or, or Arkansas or South Carolina, like, there's just such a talent gap that they don't really need to try. They don't really need a scheme. They don't need to, like, be very disciplined or have good vision. Yeah, that's or the thing. Field. Do you know what I mean? Uh, their, different, their defensive play calling and their schemes are, they're generally fine, but they're never tested. They've mm-hmm. never really been forced to make adjustments. Yeah. They're never really, they're never really put on their heels. And I don't think that it's just because they're so dominant that nobody can do it. Yeah. I just think it's a matter of of they haven't had to, and they don't know how. We don't know how they're going to respond I when mean, they are forced to. To give you an example, if you remember, Florida outgained Georgia. Yeah. They crazy. just lost all really dumb mistakes. <laughs> yeah, and like so it's not and, like they're impenetrable. Yeah, and like Florida, you look at it like. I think the reason for this is because the SEC across the board, to an extent, is having a little bit of a crisis with some coaches. You know, Florida, for example, like Dan Mullen. Dan what Mullen. the hell is going on there? Um, they didn't play him this year, but <laughs> LSU's having issues too. And so, like, the SEC usually is is quite, you know, solid and very predictable. But I think this year we're seeing, you know, we're seeing some turnover with the coaching staffs across the across the conference. And as a result, like, you know, like this year so far, they haven't, like, Georgia hasn't played an elite team in my opinion. Like, yes, they have ranked wins over number eight Arkansas, but, like, is Arkansas really number eight? Is Kentucky really no, number 11? You know what I mean? Like, at least Bama. Like, I, I think Texas A&M is legit, and I'd love to see how Georgia would fare, you know, at Kyle Field, you know, playing at night. Um, but I, I don't think they're really going to be tested until they play Bama in the SEC championship. And that's where I'm excited, man, because, like, I could see a scenario where Bama just, like, actually blows them out like they're just totally unprepared and caught off guard oh, for Bama. Don't, don't, I I'm don't want to hear it, it but like I do you see where uh, I'm coming from though like you know look if that happens you you know they're gonna go full full on with the curse that they claim to have. <laughs> well the curse is over dude the Braves won like they, they can't... curse themselves they curse themselves with this they I feel like I feel like I've talked to a few of them this week and I think they actually are starting to be a little bit more realistic and understanding of it that their quarterback is not doing what they need to do. Yeah. But they're kind of I think they're more happy to be respected in this way. Sure. Because non-SEC fans who don't really watch them are very much respected when just saying, "Oh, Georgia's the foregone number yeah, 1 this yeah. and that." I think they really are just enjoying that more than anything right now and I get that. I mean, that's what Bama is most seasons. They're enjoying <laughs> it while they can. Yeah. Enjoy it while you can. Um yeah, so I mean, I, that said though again, if even if they lose it to Bama, I think if it's close, they probably get in, but if by any miracle, Bama destroys them. They're not in. I think. Here's the thing. So I've noticed that we've pretty much we pretty much abandoned the run game. We had six total rushing yards versus LSU. You did, yeah. And I think we I think we just subconsciously. I don't probably not even subconsciously. They're probably straight up saying it in in preparation is that we're not going to run on Georgia. Yeah. Running on Georgia is going to be near impossible. If we're going to beat them. It's going to be through to. the air. Yeah, no, 100%. We really need to let's go ahead and fine tune this passing game and treat the run game as a complement to the yeah. passing game. Yeah. It's like every and team that's, that's what we're doing. We're 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 trying to beat every team the way we would want to have to beat Georgia. That's and I think that's the way to do it, man. I mean, Wisconsin. I'm, I'm shameless plug. We have like the number two defense right behind Georgia in terms of total yards, and all three teams that have beaten us have done it through the air. Like they're they're smart enough to know we're not going to be able to run through them, so just pass over them, and that's where you create those like one on one matchups where. You know, Georgia can put their five-star wide receiver against your five-star cornerback, and just whoever wins, wins. You know what I mean? Like, that's how you're going to win. But I, I don't know, man. It's I, I, I would love to see Bama win by having a just a shootout against Georgia. You know, just like air it so out. Fun. I want to see us put up, put up some points. I really want to see us put up some points soon after last week. I think they will. Well, that's the SEC. So really with the SEC, we have Georgia and Bama as really our only two possible contenders right now. Um, how about we shift gears to an easy one with the Pac-12? Do you think Oregon has a shot if they went out? 100%. I think if Oregon wins out, they're in no matter what. It's, and I, for me, I agree. And I, I think it's just because of that Ohio State win. <laughs> that Ohio State win is going to look so good in retrospect where yeah. they can get away with a bad Stanford loss. Yeah. Granted, would, it, remember, this Stanford this Stanford team is 3-6, and six, but I don't crazy. even think that matters. And I think... I think to a degree, I think the committee thinks the same way I do mm-hmm. in the sense that they are very much more forgiving of bad losses as long as you show that you can beat these top-ranked teams. Yeah, absolutely. 
And I'm just, I'm fearing a scenario where it's like, I don't know, let's just say Oklahoma, Bama, and Georgia fill out one, two, and three. And they're stuck between Ohio State and Oregon for the number four spot. And like, Cincinnati. And Cincinnati. Let's just pretend they lose a game and make it easier for ourselves. Okay. But like, who would they choose? Because they, they have to pick. They have to pick Oregon. But like, They're Ohio pick, State will have a better resume. Ohio State will have a better overall resume and more momentum coming off of beating Penn State, Michigan, and Wisconsin. Yes, I'm just declaring ourselves the Big Ten West champs at this point. Um, <laughs> but I, I really think they'd have more momentum than than Oregon will. Um, it, I think Oregon should get in, in my opinion, but knowing the committee, they seem to do the opposite of what I want. So uh, I don't know what to expect for that case. No, I think, I think you can fully expect Oregon to get in over Ohio State. I think the way the first rankings came out, by the way, we are doing the show before Tuesday. It is so Monday. It is Monday. We're, yeah, it is we're Monday. talking on our butts here, but let's be honest. Yeah. We know what's going to But happen. I'm just saying, based on what they show with the first uh, rankings, it, it looks like they're going to very much value that head-to-head matchup, yeah. which is weird when you think about it because whenever we play, whenever we have our head-to-head matchup with Georgia, who knows how they're going to value that. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to apply the same logic. Well, they use different logic every year for the conference championship games, so who knows? I mean, the, the committee has <laughs> I know you're consistency. a little salty about I'm that. very salty. I am salty because I, I'm mad that, like, Georgia, there's a very real chance that Georgia loses the championship and still makes the playoffs. And well, Wisconsin was in the same scenario. I am. That was the same scenario. We, okay. you know, we went undefeated the regular that. season and lost a close game, a very close game to Ohio State, a very good Ohio State, and we didn't make the playoffs. But obviously, I, I get okay. it. Georgia's better. I, I, I get fair. it. But <laughs> I'm going to play devil's advocate with this and say that I think there is a difference in just flat out having the same record. I agree. I agree. You, we had a week flat out have the same too. record. It is. They don't. They don't. They don't just randomly value like, did I you know. make it to this to this arbitrary game because somebody above you mm-hmm. had more losses in their conference and I, happened to play? You, I get you see it. what I'm. I, I get it. I just. I do. But think... I, and that's not to discount the importance of that extra game. Had Wisconsin not played that extra game, they they would have been in Notre Dame. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just think we're gonna yeah. look, we're gonna look back at like at the very end of the season and look back at Georgia's wins and their schedule, and think, mm, maybe that win over Arkansas wasn't really that great. Oh, that win at home against Kentucky, eh, nothing to nothing to brag about. Like, we already we can already kind of safely say that about their win over Clemson, right? And I just, I, I really don't think they've been tested, man. I think, I think Bama's going to beat them. <laughs> well, I want to give a, give a little shout-out. With Mississippi State's most recent win over Arkansas, it looks like the entire SEC West division mm-hmm. is going to go to a bowl game. I know Georgia's okay. not in the West. Yeah. But it just kind of shows what you have to go through to win this conference. It, I, I agree. Like, the SEC West is certainly the best in the nation. But, like I said before, the talent differential still between, like, Georgia and, like, an Arkansas is 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 pretty big. Oh, yeah. it's, absolutely, it's giant. It's giant. I mean. And that's why we were saying this Arkansas team cannot be expected to completely turn it around in just one year. Yeah, they have to make it up time. on the recruiting trail. It's going to take time. All right. Uh, let's, let's be nice and easy here, too, then. Big 12. Oklahoma, they win, they're in, right? I want... I mean, surely they have to be in, right? Surely. Where are they right now? Like, eight? They're like eighth or something, despite being undefeated P5 team? Yeah, they're like eight. I mean, it's really hard to peg this one, because does the Big 12 have a championship game still? They do. They have one finally. I know they yep. got rid of it, and then they, they brought did. it back. They were smart something. enough to realize, oh, if we don't have a championship game, we're not going to get into the playoffs. <laughs> Yeah, because like they don't want another TCU-Baylor exactly. 2014 situation. Exactly. I'll say this, man. If Oklahoma wins out, it means they've beaten Baylor at Baylor, uh, Iowa State, and at Oklahoma State, which that's that's the final three games of the year. That's a really good That's a really good. Resume. They have. They very well could lose one of these. I mean, I think Oklahoma is the type of team. Here's the thing. We <laughs> clown on them for almost losing to Kansas and almost yep. losing to Texas and almost losing to Kansas State and almost losing to West Virginia and almost losing to Nebraska and almost losing to Tulane. Of course. Of course. I have to say, it was a tongue full, a mouthful to name all those. <laughs> but, but we get we clown on them for that, but I really think it's a situation of them not getting off the bus and not them not taking those games seriously. Yeah. I think when they really want to turn it on, they'll be fine. Yeah. However, they haven't used these games as ways to improve throughout the course of the season. True. That means when it really comes to it, while Ohio State, Alabama, even Georgia are out here trying to improve the team from week to week, mm-hmm. Oklahoma's just kind of sleepwalking and waiting to show up to the playoffs. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's where it's interesting because like, in a weird way, I'm like rooting for them. 
because I I, I, like, I'd like to see, you know, I'd like to see a Big 12 team in the playoffs this year. I think if Oklahoma does lose, the Big 12's out, effectively. I don't think, um, I don't think a one-loss Oklahoma State gets in. Um, no, definitely not. But yeah, like, they're, these final three games, dude, Baylor, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, like, that's no joke. Like, that's, like... I'm not saying Bama would lose one of those, but like Bama would be tested. Ohio State would be tested playing those final three games back to back to back, and uh, we'll see if Oklahoma's legit. I, I don't think they win. I don't think they win out. Now that I think about it, but I'd kind of like to see them win out. I think they'll win out, but as of right now, they have they don't have a single ranked team on their whole schedule. They do play Baylor, who is ranked right now, and Oklahoma State, who is yeah. ranked right now, and Iowa State might get ranked. Yeah, but. It's it's weird that their schedule is this backloaded where they're going to play three ranked teams possibly the entire season yeah. and they're going to be three in a row all to end the season back to back to back. Yeah. I I could see a scenario where Oklahoma State wins out. Uh they finish 11 to 1, win the Big 12, let's say. And it, like it gets snubbed totally. Um I'd be kind of sad for that. I'd be sad for Maladroit, who I know listens to the show. Um friend of the show, he was one of our guests. It's true. First guest first guest we ever had. Um, but like, I feel like a 12 and one Oklahoma state in my book should make the playoffs, but I know the committee will never, they would never even dare include a, a this one. Is why we need expansion. I would love to see Oklahoma state. I feel like this year is the poster child of years for why there needs to be expansion yeah. when there's clearly there's, there's not any separation from the top four this year to the top four other years. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's a little bit murky waters, right? And I don't know if you just had like an automatic, I still feel like if you just had like an automatic buy-in, like the winner of the P5 conference gets in, that'd be an easy way to solve all this. That would this, make things but... so interesting right now. <laughs> but. Make things very interesting right now. That just, that makes way too much sense. So I don't think they'll be doing that, but yeah, I'll, I'll root for Oklahoma State. I'll root for Oklahoma. I, even though Oklahoma's leaving the Big 12, I still like the Big 12 as a whole. I want to see the Big 12 succeed. It's good for I am happy for the Big 12 to pick up those four teams. Um, that yeah. really did save their conference. I think the Big 12 was going to continue to be an automatic big conference, a Power 5 conference. Yeah. It's going to be a little bit weaker, but overall, I, mean, I think this is a good big Compared to like, like the Pac-12, like they'll be fine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're still probably not going to be the worst conference. So. Exactly. Uh, the final conference, or these P5 conferences, the ACC, um, like I said, nope. we, we talked about Wake Nobody. before. I mean, do you think... <laughs> what well, I'll, no. ask, I'll ask two questions one do you think wake wins out and two if they do win out do they make the playoffs do i think they went out yeah they played so they finish off with north carolina state who's pretty good yep clemson clemson always going to be dangerous despite what season they're having yep and then at boston college yep man they could win out but i don't know if they're just going to be so deflated after what just happened mm. i don't think they're going to be deflated i think they still know that they have a lot to play, play for. for yeah because I think their mindset is still like they they don't they were never in a playoff mindset to start the year. They were very much That's hey, true. just take every game one game at a time, yeah. you know. Yeah. Play your heart out, practice hard, play hard. And I think they're gonna be able to pick it up pretty quickly. Well, I don't see them just completely folding like other play like so like when a true playoff hopeful team loses two games and the season's over, it's yeah. easy for them to fold, like Clemson. Yeah, like Clemson. With yeah. Wake Forest, yeah, with Wake Forest, since they don't have those preconceived expectations, I don't think it's gonna be the same situation. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I think I don't know. If I they mean, went I out think though, they did went out. It would take a lot. It would take they need some help, basically, if they went out. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't. I think even if they win out, they're not getting in because they literally don't have a single ranked team on their schedule. You except need, for North Carolina State, who's coming up next, and if they beat them, they won't be ranked. You need like a craziest scenario where like Oregon loses another game, and like Ohio State and Michigan and Michigan State all lose another game, and Oklahoma loses another game. Like you need a lot, a lot to happen. And I'm not saying that's impossible, but it's kind of unlikely at this point. Um, Beyond that, let's let's talk real quick. Um, Notre Dame and G five schools, I guess, which really is just Notre Dame and Cincinnati, and I, I suppose out. UTSA. Have, no but, conference championship game. Notre Dame's out. Do you, hear me out, though. <laughs> if you look at their schedule, man, like in retrospect, they have oh, they have no. a pretty good strength of schedule in my mind. It's just yeah, that Cincy loss is rough. It because like if it comes down to Cincy versus Notre Dame. Since he's going to get the go ahead. Exactly. And they it's should because they be won. Sensi. There's no way the committee would do that. I There's just absolutely no way. That said, I do think Notre Dame is probably a lock for New York Six at this point, assuming they win out, which they should. Um, the, the bulk of their schedule, the hard parts are kind of behind them at this point. So I, I think they beat they, they got Virginia, Georgia Tech, and Stanford. I think they win all three of those pretty comfortably. Um, and yeah, they'll, they'll, be in a, they'll be in a New York Six game. 
I'm pretty sure. They, well, they they actually do have a pretty decent schedule with a lot of pretty good teams. Pretty good. Like, no, just, there's no like, it's just yeah, there's no one great win, but they have a lot of good that's wins. That's part of not being not having the conference championship yeah. game is that you have zero room for error, yeah. and I, and their fan base doesn't want to be in a conference. So that's what they get. I don't have to it. tell them, man. <laughs> As for Cincinnati, they yeah. have looked very sus. I know it's, it makes here's me the sad. thing with this Tulsa game. I can forgive. Here's the, I for me, mm-hmm. style points don't matter as much as just being able to actually beat a top team. They yeah. were able to beat a top they 10 were. team by Conti- yeah. two scores at looked that top, looked, 10, looked top great. 10 team's house. Yeah, looked great. They looked great. So I can mostly forgive these types of wins. Mm-hmm. However, they went into this Tulsa game. It's homecoming. They know they have to put up style points after feeling disrespected by the committee by yeah. being put at number six, despite being undefeated. Yeah. And they went into that game, and they had to win on a what was it a fourth down play that ended yeah, it, up being a turnover. It got or dicey. It got way too close. It got to very dicey. And this is a bad Tulsa team. Yeah. So the fact that it was that close, three and six Tulsa team. The fact that it was that close is very, it's very sus. suspect. I mean, they, they, they. I don't. They're not falling apart. I mean, they're still undefeated. Yeah. But they are regressing. It is just an unfortunate reality with you know G five teams. Like they need style points to justify making the playoffs, whereas like a team like Oklahoma, despite overall probably looking worse than Cincinnati, is going to get the benefit of the doubt. You know, like at the end of the day... Here, let, let me give you another example. Let me give you another example. Sure. You saw how Alabama played against LSU. Compare LSU and Tulsa. Let's be real here. I, I get it. I get it. It's not even the and same. And I think, I, I remember looking at some of the threads I was looking on Twitter after the game too, and every time somebody tried to like compare it, be like, well... Alabama's going to get the benefit of the doubt for, L- for LSU, but Cincinnati's going to be doggone for how they played against Tulsa. Pretty much every reply that was a mutual reply, non-biased replies where you cannot compare Tulsa and LSU with a straight face. So right. I think looking at how teams do versus a certain level of competition does matter. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, Cincinnati did beat a top 10 team they did. by multiple scores. I'll be interested to see... Um... Like what happens in the AAC championship game? Because they'll they'll likely be playing uh, Houston. It seems like in the conference. They'll play Houston. They yeah. They will play Houston, and, who is eight and one right now. Yeah, eight and one. And like, they also play SMU later in the season, who has who is seven and two. <laughs> What's upsetting is like the like these these would potentially be really good wins if they could beat SMU and Houston. Like those are quality wins, but they're not going to be ranked wins according to the committee because the committee is going to go out of the way to make sure SMU and Houston are always bothers me. This bothers me so much because we get a lot of crap for this too, for, for quote unquote ranked unranked wins, wins and losses. And it's like, people just completely lose their minds once if they don't see a 25 or higher next to (laughs) it. Like you need, like people do need to take into account that. Yeah. a, 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 a rank a win against the number thirtieth and number thirty fifth team is much better than a win against the eightieth rank. Exactly. Team. Yeah. And like I, at and the end of the day, yeah, like SMU and Houston are both like good teams. Like I get it, they're G five. The the talent isn't going to be quite there, but to be that to have that good of a record, like you're a fundamentally good, like well coached team. You know, like you have to have something good going for you to be in that position this late in the year. Um, so. I, I just hope if Cincinnati does win out, I hope they win by a lot. I hope they get their act together and like start putting up those style points because I don't, I don't want them to win I just don't dogs. want a situation where they get left out and we're wondering what if. Yeah, what if. And especially if they go out and beat whoever they face in the New York Remember, Six Bowl. Remember, don't forget, they almost beat Georgia in the bowl game last yes, year. Yes, that was their last loss was Georgia. Like the team that everyone's saying is and the that best was on team a, ever. It was, Georgia had to kick like a 51-yard yes. field goal at Extremely the last second. Extremely close, competitive game, toe-to-toe, wire-to-wire. So I think that says something about their potential as a team, but they yeah. really need to get out of this rut that they've been in. They do. I mean, and... the rut is oh, like a... One game rut, though. Let's be honest. Like, uh, they were very close. They had a one-score game against Navy, but again, yeah, that Navy. was garbage it's time. Navy. Garbage time points. And it's Navy. Um, Navy plays a very different brand of football than that is teams. true. Yeah, that's I it. Throw a wrench into this conversation, though. No, please. We didn't talk. There's another undefeated group of there five is. team in there. there. Is. Meet, 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 when people were started talking about them. Um, so they haven't been on my radar, but what what do you think, Randy? Do you think they have a chance in hell? No, <laughs> I don't. But it's fun to talk about. It they is. would need the absolute most 
just ridiculous of chaos to have a chance. They have a power five win. They have some okay wins. They beat Memphis at Memphis. Pretty they beat good. Western Kentucky, who has Bailey Zapp, a quarterback I yes. very much believe in. He's put some put some very good uh, stats on the board. And they have a win versus UTEP and Louisiana Tech. Well, Louisiana Tech's not doing too hot this year. But the point stands that they do have some very good wins. Yeah. Um, Decent wins for a group of five. This is, this is interesting because, like, like when you compare them to, like, uh, an AAC team, like like Cincinnati, like it, it kind of shows that the AAC does kind of blur the line between G5 and P5 to an extent to where people are like taking Cincy seriously within reason and just completely dismissing UTSA just because like the schedule is so crap. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. What, what I really fear with UTSA is them like actually like totally winning out being 13 and 0 and not even making a new, New York six. I'll you know, be very sad if that happens. Because Cincy will take that G5 spot, right? And they'll be stuck in what, like the... Well, there's no there's no hard, hard, fast rule that says that only one group of five team can make it. Oftentimes, a group of five team will get selected if they're good enough. Only one, though, right? Historically, they'll play... Yeah, that the doesn't, there, can, there can be more than one. There's plenty of at-large bids. There's more than one at-large bid, I'm pretty I, sure. I suppose that is true. Um, I mean, I'd be rooting for them. I think they deserve a shot, at least at a New York Six... Um, but yeah, I, I, it is sad. Like I do feel okay leaving them out of the playoffs. So just because, like, yeah, they they truly haven't played anyone elite. At least Cincinnati can say they beat Notre Dame and beat them soundly. Like UTSA hasn't played anyone, you know. But, that is uh, true. Do you think Cincinnati gets the gets finally the number five spot over Ohio State after Ohio State almost blew it against Nebraska? Uh, no, they should. In fact, they should be ranked higher than five. But no, they don't. I think I think the the, the committee has made it very clear that. The, the gap between G5 and P5 is way too big for them to respect. <laughs> like, Ohio State could play like that the rest of the year, and I think they still get in over Cincinnati. I, I really think it's that big of a, of a bias uh, from the committee. Uh, it's very unfortunate for them. It is. Because, I, dude, again, Cincy is, like, probably... This might be the most legit G5 team of the playoff era. Other than maybe 2017 UCF. I, no, UCF was not legit. I know you hate I don't them. Hey, it. they beat Auburn. They, that. Uh, that is, that's That's different first of all i don't need to get into why beating auburn on any random day especially <laughs> just doesn't doesn't just doesn't translate well into like how you are as a team i get that I you get never that. know which auburn team's going to show up regardless though i i think this team is historically great i mean certainly they'll be talked about you know as one of the best team g5 teams of this decade uh years from now and even if it's man once every decade i just i want to see a g5 team in the playoffs I just want to see it happen one time, just just to see what happens, right? Because it feels like we're never going to see it at this point, and everyone's getting frustrated to an extent. Exactly. Here's the thing is, I feel like most... So the, the sentiment I see from a lot of people is that they fully do think that Cincinnati would lose to Alabama, would lose to Georgia, which we did just see that game last year, yeah, but I digress. It's close. But in a, playoff scenario, a playoff scenario is a little different. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they fully think that Alabama would beat Cincinnati. They think Ohio State would beat Cincinnati. They think even Oregon would beat Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. But they just want to see Cincinnati have the chance, and they feel like they've earned the chance. Yeah. I mean, this is really the only sport in America where you can win out and not even make the playoffs. And I think that's upsetting a lot of people at this point. I'm upset. It just feels like it's working against why we made the playoffs in the first place. You know, Here's the thing. If literally every other level of football, from high school football, middle school football, mm-hmm. the NFL, NAIA, FCS, Division Two, <laughs> Division yeah. Three, can have a 16-plus team playoff format, so can we. I know. We can at least have eight. I know. Like, like, it's not going to ruin out. the integrity of the sport. Every other level of football has this, and it's not going to ruin the sport. It'll make it better. People are just afraid of change, and I understand that. But I just think people should keep that in mind whenever they argue against the playoff of preserving college football. This is not unprecedented. It's an ever-changing world. It's an ever-changing sport. It's not going to ruin what we love about football. I hope not. At the end of the day, we're going to have our cool traditions. The rivalry games mean a lot. You're a Packers fan. Don't tell me that you don't look forward to beating the crap out of the Bears every year and that it's not a huge game. I hope we do with Rodgers being a dummy. But, yes, that is a big game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like, the, the sport is more than just the playoffs, but I think part of the problem is, like, ESPN and all these media outlets have made the playoffs, like, the sole focus of the sport. 
You know, Saban warned against this. Everybody thought Saban was being salty, but he does this. He'll warn you and say, "Is this what you want football to be?" And it's like, mm-hmm. no, he's not whining. He's he can more than adapt to the situation and beat you that way too. Mm-hmm. He's literally asking the asking you the question: Is this what you want football to be? Because if we do make it, if we do expand, if we do have a fourteen playoff, yeah. we're literally only going to talk about the playoffs for it's, basically the whole season. Sure enough, and it means like a team like Oregon, let's say. Ends up there winning seems, out. It seems like it means nothing. Yeah, they could win the Rose Bowl, go thirteen and one, win the Pac twelve, and it'll be a, it's, it's a failure. This is a failure because they didn't make the playoffs. And that's you know what I mean? and that's why I'm in favor of expansion because you can make the playoffs and lose in the first round and then still be considered a successful season because you made the playoffs. That's that's fair. Yeah. And I think for a lot of teams, that's a big deal is just making the playoffs. And I think I feel like eight teams. Mm-hmm. As far as big as the FBS is, one 130 teams, I feel like that is the perfect size. It's perfect because the conferences work out that way. You could have like, you know, five automatic bids from the P5, and then let's say a, a guaranteed group of five or independent, and then two at-larges. at-larges. You know, like I, everyone kind of agrees on that format, it seems. And I just, that seems like the way to go, man. Like, I dude, I hate the argument when, when like these ESPN, you know, talking heads are like, well, we don't believe in automatic bids. Like, bro, literally every single sport has automatic bids. Every single sport has automatic bids. It gives you a guaranteed path. The point of yes. the automatic bid is to give you, is to, is to lay out this path and say, do this and you're in and nobody can say and anything. Like, and like, sure, but yeah. situations like Wake Forest where yeah. they could have, they probably would have won the ACC mm-hmm. and been left out. I see people bringing up dumb stuff like, well, what if you end up in a scenario in the NFL, like once in a blue moon, you know, a seven and nine team wins their division and, and goes to the playoffs. Like, okay, that's a free Super win rare, then for the good right? team. It's a it's a, it's yeah, a yeah, exactly. It's an easy win for the team the that sport. it's an easy win for the team that ranked higher. That's that's good. That's the point of a bracket. That's why a one seed plays a sixteen seed in in the tournament. In um, also, I, I do have this overarching you know? theory that I'm in favor of of larger playoffs in pretty much any sport mm-hmm. for the simple fact that I feel like a lot of the regular season should be used as a way to experiment with schemes, experiment yeah. with personnel, experiment yeah. with play calls, and kind of see what you need to do to get in-game practice, to see what you need to do to really pull the team together at the right time near the end of the season and have everything build, toward, build towards that. Yeah. You can only learn so much about your team just in practice. I agree. You have to actually play the games, and I think that'll really show what a team, what the players, and what the coaches are about, and how good they are. If you give them the actual chance to adjust throughout the course of the season, mm-hmm. to me, that's way more important than just trying to say throw your head against the wall at practice and then see who's able to come out on top. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I, I mean, obviously, we're fed up with this. I think most fans are fed up with this, but really, in reality, like we're just kind of waiting for contracts to expire and all these legal things to go on before we can actually uh, yeah. make a new one. And here's my thing. As a Bama fan, I feel like <laughs> yeah. I'm going to come out on top no matter what, let's you face are. it. You are. Let's face it, yeah. But you, it should be telling when even an Alabama fan and other Alabama fans that I talk to mm-hmm. are also a little fed up with it. I, I do the craziest thing, like, if we had an 18 playoff where if you win your – let's say you win your uh, your conference, you, you win the Big Ten, you're in. Wisconsin would not be eliminated from playoff contention right now. Which exactly. I, and that, that really sounds more exciting. It sounds Think ridiculous, but it's like, oh my God, we'd have so much to play for. Like, I'd be still so hyped, you know? Whereas now it's like, exactly. okay, are we in the Outback Bowl or are we in the Mayo Bowl this year? You know, it's like, I don't know if we're going to happen. And we can, preserve, we can preserve the New Year's Six, New York Six, whatever we want to call it. We can yeah. preserve the meaning of these games. Mm-hmm. I, I know you have a different different way you would like to see it, but we can make the New Year Six, we can make those the playoff games. Yeah. I mean, they kind of do that now, but you could just totally convert them and actually that would work out well because like like the rose bowl is traditionally the big 10 championship uh winner versus the pac-12 winner just you can just exactly like, it would that, work you know? out perfectly and there's the, I, I think it's, is it the fiesta bowl that has the guaranteed group of five spots yes. yeah just use that there you go Plug it's it in. already set up already the system up. is already in place <laughs> for this uh random. man someone tell espn this makes way too much sense for them to do it but <laughs> Hey, they love Alabama. I'll I'll give them a ring. I'll give the mouse a ring. Whew. Okay, that was quite the rant. Um, I suppose we should preview next week's games. Are you? Uh, did you? Are you looking forward to this weekend? Do you think this is going to be just chaotic as last weekend, or I don't know. I mean, we're we're getting towards the end of the season. We're getting to where some of these situations we can see how certain things play out. I mean, there's not a whole lot of storyline games. 
I yeah. guess, for this for this part, yeah, for it's, this league. But... Like, it's not quite rivalry week, though. You know, we were we were talking before about how, like, Oklahoma has some interesting games coming up. Wake Forest has some interesting games. Ohio State has some interesting games. We're kind of starting to get to that part of the season where a lot of these teams are going to really be tested. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they, how they respond. Um, one team that I was really looking forward to this weekend is number seven, Michigan, at Penn State. This is the kind of game I think a lot of people are going to write off as an easy, automatic, guaranteed win for Michigan. But in my opinion, I, I think it should be the opposite. Um, this this has some serious potential for an upset. Um, if you recall, Penn State, get in the headspace of Penn State, okay? They're still 6-3. Okay, they're 6-3 Big Ten team. And their three losses, I looked this up, are by an average of just five points. The, the only game they really were like kind of really were all played was Ohio State, but they, they could have beaten Illinois pretty easily if just a few plays had gone differently. Same thing with Iowa. If if Sean Clifford wasn't out in the, like, the second quarter, they would have beaten Iowa. And so in, in my mind, I mean, Penn State at the end of the day has the talent and the coaching to compete with just about anybody. They played Ohio State pretty closely, if you recall. And I, 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 think, I think they find a way to probably play Michigan pretty close. Um, Michigan... I think their season's kind of over at this point. I think they were playoffs or bust, and after that loss uh, against Michigan State, I think they're pretty much over. They're probably going to be checked out. They didn't impress me last week against Indiana. And I I think they're going to be caught oh, looking ahead. Know. I think they're going to be caught looking ahead, dude. I think their whole, I disagree with everything their whole season's Ohio said. State. Their whole season's Ohio State. They're, they're well, going to be agree looking with ahead. I agree that their whole season is Ohio State, but yeah. I even if they're looking ahead, you have to remember, James Franklin at Penn State has completely mentally checked out, and he's going to USC. We we're just going to go ahead and quote me on that. My dude, no, my, my fear with James Franklin is that he's so checked out that he's now like he has to like play for his job. Like he's he has to like impress USC and Florida and LSU and all these teams, like because he's he's done so badly in the last like month. He's already signed the contract. I think his think so? his agent and whatever school has already said, hey, at the end of the, we can't do it now, but at the end of the season. Mm. We're flying out to Los Angeles and we're signing the contract. I just, I, I think it, it might be a scenario where, like, if he ends up losing the like the last five of six games of the year, that's such a bad look that USC and LSU might might start to question if it's the right hire, which I, I don't agree with. But I think he has something to play for. I think the team still has something to play for. Not a lot, but you know, even when you're in this position, you're unranked. You feel kind of. Uh, you know, you feel kind of like the underdog. You you want to be able to to knock off a top ten team at the end of the day. So I, I think they still have stuff to, stuff to play for. Not as much, but enough to where I think they could shock Michigan. So keep an eye on this one. I'll keep an eye on it. Keep an eye I'll on. take your word for it. <laughs> Are you ready for the uh, speak? Keep it in the Big Ten. What do you think of Minnesota and Iowa? Okay, well this Two is my teams that have had some had have slipped a little bit. Okay, I, this is my big pick for the week. Um, which this even shouldn't be that surprising, but I think I was going to destroy Minnesota. And I want to talk about why. Okay. This has a lot more to do with Minnesota than it does Iowa. So last week, if, if you recall, Minnesota embarrassingly lost to Illinois at home. And I, I just, I think that the, the train is about to derail at Minnesota. Okay. This is what they get for playing so many teams like, way too closely. They're playing vastly inferior teams closely. And it's it's only a matter of time, dude. Like, they almost beat... They almost lost to Miami of Ohio earlier this year. Uh, they, they beat ne Nebraska by one touchdown. They beat Purdue by one touchdown. When you play teams this closely every single week, it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time before, you know, you just... You, you don't get that miracle finish. And you're not able to finish the game, and you lose to an embarrassing opponent that you have no business losing to. And listen, Minnesota's been doing this for years. It is their bread and butter. PJ Fleck has made an entire career around intentionally playing terrible for the first 45 minutes, and then shockingly coming back from behind and, and, and shocking the world and rowing the boat. I, I'm serious, dude. I, I've really put some thought into this. I think PJ Fleck is intentionally calling plays differently for the first, like, 45 minutes than he does in, in the last quarter. Um, I'll give you an example. Last week, dude, they were playing They were playing Illinois. It was, like, third and long on their first drive, and they just ran the ball. Just ran the ball. Like, it, it took, took the L. We're just going to punt. We're not going to try here. 
fast forward to the fourth, fourth quarter, dude, they're airing it out almost every play. Like, they, they, they reserve all, all of their passing plays until the fourth quarter and try to, like, catch you off guard and, like, just, like, start chucking it deep. And it sometimes works. It usually works. But when it doesn't, dude, it's just embarrassing. And it, it pisses me off, dude, because I, I swear to God they do this on purpose. I swear to God P.J. Fleck does this just to look tough, to, to make his team look like they're, they're so strong and they, they never gave up. They, they never surrendered. When in reality, it's just bad coaching. It's just bad coaching. And it baffles me, dude. It baffles me. To be fair as to P.J. Fleck in Minnesota, it looks like his his players and fans have bought into the program. I mean, they're, they're way more the successful. They're buying a lie, dude. He's a snake oil salesman. But they have they have had some they've they're playing better than before he got there. I would actually disagree. People really overestimate how bad of a program Minnesota was before PJ Fleck came into town. Jerry Kill, their old coach, was perfectly fine. I mean, Minnesota was a seven and five, eight and four Big Ten team before PJ Fleck came into town. What are they now? Maybe an eight and four, nine and three Big Ten team. Oh, I'm actually, you're actually right. I'm looking at their past win totals from like 2010, 2011 mm-hmm. onwards. And it's yeah. basically like six and six, eight and five, eight and five, seven and five, yep. six and six, eight and five. Not, I mean, Sorry. not great, but like not terrible. They're not this, this, this pitiful organization. They're not Rutgers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, they're okay. And like, they're still just okay. They're probably going eight and four this year. You, you know, they're, they're not I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, I don't know why people like, look at this program and think they're, like, some miracle. Like, he hasn't done miracles. They had one good season, and even then they were exposed by Iowa and Wisconsin. Like, I, listen, he's not that great. Do you think – how long do you think he's going to stay at Minnesota? Uh, probably forever. Um, I mean, based off this contract. Didn't he just sign, like, an eight-year contract or something? Yeah, he did sign something ridiculous. He has – so he has, like, his row the boat thing, which mm-hmm. he actually trademarked. And I'm kind of wondering if he left. What what oh, would they do with all of that? Uh, what would happen to the Minnesota football culture? Look, like, look at what happened to Western Michigan, dude. They, they I don't know what happened to Western Michigan. That, I haven't kept up with them, well, but maybe that's the point. They don't say it anymore. Like they can't say it anymore because it's used at Minnesota. And like, here's the thing: if he ever does leave, um, you know, the Big Ten and goes to like Tennessee, or uh, you know, he, he ends up at, like the Pac-12, ends up at like Washington or something, right? He's gonna take his trademark slogan and slap it. Right onto that program, just like he did for Minnesota, dude. He's gonna put row on their helmets. They're gonna I have hate oars. Tennessee. Yeah, I hate Tennessee, but they they have a little bit more soft respect than to just let somebody come in and dude, start doing that. This, this works at a I place. I cannot imagine that yeah, going over well. This works at Minnesota because their fan base. I'm just gonna call shots, dude. Their fan base is very gullible <laughs> because they, they historically, dude, they haven't had like a great leader, a great coach within like this generation. That you know they can look up to and, and really lead their program. They don't have a Saban. They, they don't even have like a James Franklin, right? They've had nobody in that regard. And so a guy like PJ Fleck comes into town and says, "I'm the head coach. I'm Mister Head Coach, who's very stereotypical. Go, go, go! Row the boat. We're gonna find a way." They love it. They've never seen this before. This is this is new to them. This is foreign, and and they fall for the bait. Whereas yeah, like, like maybe a team like Tennessee. I mean, as, as bad as they've been, they they know what it's like to win at least at some point in history, right? They can look back in the 90s and say, hey, we were good then. And they're able to smell the BS. I, I don't think it works with Minnesota. With Minnesota, it works because they're not smart enough to to kind of figure that out. But I don't know, man. I just, I, I do wonder as well, if he does have a handful of bad seasons, say they go like six and six, five and seven, miss a bowl game here and there. I do wonder if eventually they'll kind of catch on like, oh, we were duped. Maybe this guy isn't the second coming of Jesus. But I don't know, man. Only time will tell with these guys. Well, as you can tell, uh, I think people from Wisconsin have a uh, vendetta against we the do, state of Minnesota. We do, dude. And, and I, I'm telling you, man, it's pissing me off, too, because, like, you look at Paul Christ, for as much as I have, you know, critiques of him, one thing I got to give him credit for is he's so, he's so, like, it's not fake. It's when he talks in, in the monotone voice, you know, talking real slow, it's genuine. He's a very genuine guy, okay? And I would take genuine over fake any day. Any day with coaching. It, it just, it pisses me off, dude. I, I like Saban, dude, because he's genuine. He's real. You know, it, it feels authentic. Okay, okay. So here's, now that you bring the, bring it up this way, I mean, obviously, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to Minnesota and Big Ten football, <laughs> but what PJ Flett kind of reminds me of is, yeah. 
You know those people that make the the Sigma male grind set videos where they're like, I wake up at four o'clock in the morning every day and immediately take a cold shower yep. and listen to audiobooks at three times speed while driving to work and taking phone calls for my business. And I get 20,000 steps for walking on a treadmill while working on my laptop. Yes. All before 9 a.m. He, he And it's like this way, this, this fake, like weird extreme level yes. of motivation and hype yes. that's just so unnatural that it comes off in a weird way that that is kind of the vibe that i get from him yeah. now that i actually sit down and think about it he's a, he's a sigma male he was the first sigma male coach he was the first sigma male coach yeah I mean, you look at the way he like dude next time if you ever do watch a minnesota game in your life just watch for him because he's on the camera a lot he likes being on the camera he will sprint <clears> down <throat> the sidelines at the end of every quarter for no reason, just to kind of like try and you know get hype and be you know. He's a, got a lot of shtick. He's, Sigma he's mentality. Shtick. A lot of shticks, a lot of catchphrases, sayings. I think in general, our generation especially hates shtick. We're yeah. we're much more about authenticity. Just be real, like, dude. I remember as a quick side note, as a kid, I remember one of the worst things you could be called was a poser. Yes. Yeah. Apparently, he wasn't bullied enough being called a poser in middle school or something, but because <laughs> he definitely is, dude. And like again, I'd, I I. I guess, like, if you buy into it and you really believe in him, I, I don't want to tell you, man, but, like, it's fake. Like, it's fake at the end of the day. And I just hope at some point the fan base in Minnesota, as much as I hate them, I hope they come to their senses and realize that they've been played. Because he's been playing them like he played Western Michigan. It's his whole shtick. He's going to be playing people his whole life. That's who he is. He's a fundamentally, he's a con man. You well, can't change that's, that. If that's the situation, then he is being authentic, right? He's authentically a con man. <laughs> I suppose yeah. if you want to get that meta. Uh, this is all a very long way of saying I think Iowa beats them pretty easily. <laughs> Dad, Iowa. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. At one point, I had to go to the bathroom, so I'm like, okay. I hear, him, I hear him talking about Minnesota. I have a minute, so I went to the bathroom. Oh and I got some water. So, like the first part of that rant, I actually missed, but I kind of knew what you were going to talk about. I mean, I've ranted you before off the air many times about this. Oh, that's true. So, like, I'm going to go back and definitely listen to that just to get the full experience. Yeah. No, dude. Actually, you know, Kirk Ferentz. That's, yeah. a, that's a real guy. That's a real coach right I like there. Kirk Ferris. I like him. I that's respect him as a coach. I remember 2012 when he was having his awful season. Mm -hmm. Everybody on Reddit especially was talking about how what a mistake it was for him to have that contract. Mm -hmm. And I was the only one defending him back in, back in the day nine years ago. I mean, I, Iowa is who they are, man. They're, they're, they're like a nine and three team. And I just I know it's not great, but it's, it, is, it is good. And I think if you're an Iowa fan, that's good enough to keep you going. So I'm happy for them. I'm happy they're going to win pretty easily against Minnesota. Um, I, I This is going to be my lock of the week, I think. I think Iowa beats Minnesota probably by like 14, 21 points. Should be a pretty comfortable win. Are you excited about the Purdue-Ohio State game? Uh, I, I'm actually not. Like I said earlier, okay. dude, I think Ohio State's going to just destroy them from the get-go. What about Oklahoma-Baylor? Uh... I would be excited, but didn't Baylor just lose last week? They did just lose last week, but they're still a solid team. They're a solid team. But yeah, they lost to TCU. Again, close loss. Lost by two points. Uh, you know, honestly... I could see a situation. So before you get going, I yeah. want to say this is at Baylor. This is at Waco. It is. This I is. could definitely see a situation where Oklahoma, for whatever reason, decides mm -hmm. to not get off the bus. And yep. Baylor is a team that historically does play them close. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I, I could see, like, if Oklahoma does struggle, I could see Baylor pulling away. I'm sad, though. I'm realizing I'm not going to be able to watch this one because I will be at the Wisconsin game. But I'll be keeping an eye on this one on the scoreboard on my phone, <laughs> kind of trying to see what's All going right. on here. Uh, we have Mississippi State, who is now 5-4 and four at 6-3, and three, Auburn. Uh, dude, Miss didn't Mississippi State also just lose? They just lost another They game. did just lost a lose. They just lost by 2 or 3 to Arkansas, by 3 <sighs> to Arkansas. I can't believe number 17. Mississippi State would lose like that. I, I oh, just, yeah. I don't like them. I, I, I don't like them because they, they were ranked so highly despite having three losses. And um, I, I think Auburn's, I think they're pretty good this year, man. I think Auburn probably wins this one. I know they just lost to Texas A&M pretty badly, but Texas A&M is legit, as we all know. Um, now that, you know, respect. Texas A&M. Yeah, I, Texas A&M is a good, it's, it's fine to lose to them is what I'm saying. I think Auburn wins this one. <laughs> Won't be a blowout, but they'll win. We have the Texas A&M and Ole Miss game. It's seven and two versus seven and two. Number fourteen, number sixteen, as of right now. I think this is going to be very interesting. I do think Texas A&M is going to win, despite it being at Ole Miss. Yeah, um, this game is going to be interesting because I don't know. We we beat Ole Miss. We lost to Texas A&M, mm -hmm. obviously. So I feel like it's going to be very easy to look at this game 
and say and 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 try to make this about Alabama mm-hmm. in yeah, some way, especially as we get closer to playoff and playoff scenarios. Mm-hmm. Dude, the thing about Texas A&M is like they actually they like have a lot to play for because if Bama does lose to Auburn, which you keep piping up might be a possibility, if that does happen, I mean Texas A&M would be in the right. SEC championship. Yeah, that's right. So their season is far from over. They have a ton to play for. At a minimum, they'll be playing in a New York Six Bowl. So I, I think, I mean, I think they win this one. I like Ole Miss where they're going, but they're they're not quite there this year yet. I know saying Mississippi State is cringe is like the the inside the running joke of yeah, the of the show. It is because we have an Ole Miss friend of the show. We do, Alex. Shuts and um, but I have to say, them beating Texas A and M very early in the season was one of the most based things they've they've ever done. <laughs> And it's hard for me to really hate uh, on the Mac after I'm seeing how much that saved us. Dude, this is this, was it like 2015 where like Ole Miss beat you, but then like they lost to Arkansas oh. off that crazy. Yes, league. that's exactly what Same happened. Scenario. They lost to Arkansas. It was fourth and 23. Yeah, and the Arkansas player had caught tight and caught the ball, Chucked but he was getting tackled like over 15 yards uh, short of the first down. So he just randomly chucks it behind him. Yep. It happens to land perfectly into the hands of an Arkansas running back yep. after it bounced on the ground one time. And he was just able to quickly run all the way to the other side of the field, gain over 30 yards for a first down to keep the game going. And that win is what let us get into the SEC championship. And that SEC championship win is 100% what let us sneak into the playoffs at number four. Dude, I that play haunts me because, believe it or not, I was watching that one. I was really interested because Brett Bielema, that was like his first season, I think, at Arkansas. Or one of his first seasons there. Yeah. And I was so pissed at him, dude, because like... I, I hate Burt. I remember dude. he didn't like Wisconsin. Yeah, his wife I, didn't like Wisconsin. Not a fan of Burt, dude. Well, I'm That gonna... was the hop on the wife game, too, I believe, where he said in the press conference that after the game, he was going to hop on the wife. Well, I pray for her because she probably was crushed to death. But, uh, oh. That's, he's fat. Uh, I'm gonna say he that. does look like a hog. He does. He did fit in it with Arkansas. <laughs> and I guess Wisconsin to an extent. But, yeah. Big guy. What about Wake Forest, North Carolina State? Um, Dude, I... I, I think NC State might win this one. I, I'm afraid the again the rails are off the or the tra- the trade is off the rails in this case uh, for Wake Forest because NC State I mean they're NC State's good dude I, I think NC State is one of the better ACC teams they've beat Clemson um, their their loss against Miami was really close I could see NC State pulling this off on the road I don't see NC State pulling it off I see Wake Forest pulling it off I think Wake Forest brings themselves together this week. I think they are a good bit better than North Carolina State. Hmm. So Should be fun to we'll see. see what happens. I think it'll be close. Yeah, it'll be fun to well. see. Yeah. Uh, we have Notre Dame at Virginia. Uh, yeah, Notre Dame wins this one, man. I I mean, Virginia's actually having an okay year, if I recall. I want to say they're like 6 They and are. Three. They are 6-3, and three, and they have their <laughs> losses are to Wake Forest, North Carolina, but, and now BYU. Uh, Virginia, I mean, they have a really flimsy defense, it seems. They, they let BYU score a 66 on them last week. And actually, Jack Cohen is playing really well lately for Notre Dame. Um, they, he's been he's been really improving and, and kind of getting in touch with their with their offense. So, yeah, I think Notre Dame wins this one. They probably by a fair amount. I think they put up a lot of points. I think Notre Dame is looking somewhat improved. They usually play down to their competition, no mm-hmm. matter what. Mm-hmm. But I do think they are looking. La- last few weeks, now. they've they've been doing well, man. Since that Virginia Tech yeah. game, so absolutely. As far as all the main games to look at, that's really about it. Yeah, I I would be shocked if there are any other upsets. I'd be I'd be shocked to be honest. I know normally we go through all twenty five, but we went through most of them. I mean, the only ones we really need to cover are like the last that I really might want to talk about: Northwestern and Wisconsin. I was gonna say actually, I kind of want to touch base on that. Uh, I am scared because we historically play Northwestern way too close for comfort. That said, it's at home, and Northwestern is due to this year. I, what I really want is us to win and just run on the ball, dude. Our, our our best running back, Braylon Allen, he's had like five games in a row now with 100-plus yards rushing. I think he's going to be the next great Wisconsin running back, and so I hope he continues the streak here and we can just kind of cruise to an easy victory. Basically, you just want to Wisconsin them to death. Yes, that's what we're finally doing. Like That was our problem, dude, for the first four games of the year. We were... Basically, we were trying to air it out way too much with Graham Mertz, and he clearly wasn't comfortable. He clearly didn't know the playbook well enough or was able to make the right reads. And we were, we were just putting Mertz in a really tough situation when, in reality, we're Wisconsin. We run the ball. We got a good O-line. You know, passing is kind of secondary. Um, and we, we've thankfully been doing that. And because we have a good run game now, 
it's opened up our passing game. And Mertz is actually looking okay. He looked actually pretty good against Rutgers last week. And I know it's Rutgers, but you need that, right? You need that confidence. Yeah, you absolutely do. You need the confidence. You need to build throughout the season. Exactly. The last game there really is to touch on is Georgia at Tennessee. (laughs) Oh, come on. (laughs) Okay, I'm weirdly intrigued by this game. I don't think Tennessee is going to put up that much of a fight, but they just beat a very decent Kentucky team. Tennessee is now tied for second in the East. Mm. So anything can happen. I mean, and they, I mean, okay, their losses are to Alabama, Ole Miss, Pitt, who's actually pretty good, and Florida, who Mm. was suspect. Well, that that loss was early in the season. Yeah, Florida still had a lot to play for back then. Florida's a very, yeah, Florida still had a lot to play for. Florida completely fell off after those first few games. So I'll be, they have a really my thing with Tennessee is Tennessee does have a very legit offense. Yeah. So Hooker. I would be curious to see what they can do versus Georgia's defense. What, what I want to see air it out yeah, more. Exactly, exactly. I want to see a team face Georgia and like air it out and really just play like fearlessly and just, you know, screw it. We're gonna throw it 80% of the plays, right? And just just go for it, you know? And I could see Tennessee at home doing just that. You know what I mean? They do have a good quarterback with Hendon Hooker. Um, so I don't think they win, but man, I want, I want, I'd love to see them win. And I'd love to see them at least just try, man. Just try to air it out. Try. No one, That's no what one's airing it out on Georgia, please, man. Try. No one and is. here's the thing. Hendon Hooker is going to be by far the best quarterback that Georgia will have played. Yeah. So far. Yeah. yeah. And, and, it, and it's not even close. Mm-hmm. I look at all the teams that they've been playing. And none of them are. None of them have a quarterback. Yeah, you could. You could argue Arkansas has a game manager type. You could argue maybe Bo Nix with Auburn, but you know how he is. <laughs> but Hendon Hooker is going to be the first like real legit consistent quarterback yeah. they're going to play. Yeah, uh, he is sixty nine percent completion percentage, nice. nineteen hundred nice. yards, nice. twenty one touchdowns, two interceptions. That's really good, actually. So I just want to see him. I just want to see him try. I want to see him try. I want to see someone, just someone, man, play fearlessly. That's the biggest thing. I feel like teams play exactly. It's like every team that plays against Georgia plays exactly the way Georgia would want a team to play them. Yep. And I just don't get it. I don't get it, man. Why do teams run directly into their best defensive linemen? <laughs> it makes play? no sense. Uh, exactly. It bothers me so. Okay. Well, hopefully, we'll hopefully we'll get what we want to see. Hopefully, we will. Regardless, looking forward to this weekend. Looking forward to being back at a football game and. Hopefully seeing a win. Is, is Alabama playing uh, at home? They play New Mexico State. Oh, I forgot. Of course. Well, enjoy the free yeah. win, my friend. Holy cow. Yeah, I, I get to have a stress-free weekend. I'll enjoy some of the games. Should be fun. The well, enjoy. I hope everyone listening also has a stress-free weekend. And, uh, yeah, this has been the Jim Podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. We really appreciate the support, guys. And uh, roll tide. Awesome.